Hey everybody, welcome to the Patty G Show. I'm your host, Patty G. We are out here on site at Front Yard Bikes. Uh, really cool shop, really cool facility. We're gonna be learning what they do over here and how their impact is felt all across the Baton Rouge community with Dustin and everything else that he's involved with. While it's just Front Yard Bikes we're in, there's a whole different concept and vision for this space here on Government Street that Dustin's gonna share a little bit about whatever he can get into right now. So more than excited to hear about that. But before we do, I want to give a big, wonderful shout-out and thank you to the amazing folks that bring you this show each and every week. Horizon Financial Group, Falaya Real Estate, Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge, Mimosa Handcrafted Jewelry, Currency Bank, the Bank for Business Owners, and you know our out for the day is always brought to you by McClavey Limited. Without further ado, Dustin, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate you welcoming us into your what is an incredible facility and it's multifaceted from my understanding. It's not just a bike shop, not just a repair space. It's a whole lot more than that. Oh, absolutely. This is the greatest community bike shop in the state of Louisiana. So I'm so happy you guys chose to sit in this space. Um, and we also are uh, on the ground floor of the Youth City Lab, what we hope to be a future community center for kids, incorporating a lot more nonprofits and, and different programs and functions that's uh, really gonna be impactful in the Mid-City area for a long time. So for those that may not be aware, I mean, who are you and what the heck do you do, man? Yes, uh, I'm the executive director of Front Yard Bikes. Um, we're a youth workforce development program teaching kids skills such as bike mechanics, urban gardening, uh, cooking classes. We have welding courses. We hire students for after school jobs and summer jobs. We're doing tutoring. Um, we do bike rides because you can't just build these things and not get around. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta travel, and Baton Rouge is an amazing place to get around in. Um, so we teach our kids uh, safety, how to transport themselves from A to B, and a lot of our students use it for school, you know, education or jobs. Um, I had an old student who was going to Southern come by today and say, "I need a bike to get around campus. It's way too hot to walk." <laughs> I said, "Man, you got it. Get on down, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you cruise from A to B, man, for sure." Um, and, you know, our story and our, our origin of our name, Front Yard Bikes, we started in a yard, you know, just right out of uh, graduating LSU. It just was volunteering and trying to lend a hand. And uh, one kid asked me, can you help me fix my bike? And um, I thought he'd be a solo bike repair situation. And it turned into him telling everybody he knows. And so people said, hey, go down to the Front Yard Bike Shop. There's a bunch of tools. There's a guy down there. He'll fix your bike with you. And that has just been a, a evolving, growing uh, Batner story that we now sit in this large building, a, a, a large growth from a, a small yard into this space. And it's a beautiful thing that we hope to continue. So, I mean, you, you say you just started a bike shop out of college in your front yard. What led you into that? How did you kind of think of doing something with bikes? Oh, yeah, I was uh, going to LSU, but paying my way and, and needing kind of an affordable way to get, get around town. Um, so I just kind of fell in love with riding my bike everywhere. Uh, I just found a lot of joy in it. Uh, I love the parking situation on a bike, you know, just get it right <laughs> next to, right next to the door, wherever you're going, trying to get locked up close. Uh, so with that, you know, having a lot of things go wrong, I had to make repairs, had to fix things and it can get quite expensive. So I thought I'd teach myself and learn from a lot of friends and good folks who would teach me, um, some of the skills and knowledge they had. So eventually any any cyclist who does a lot of riding has a, a box or so of just parts and junk things, or even a bike that's the donor bike of parts and materials you keep pulling off. You have an assortment of tools. Um, 
and I just collected all that while, you know, at LSU and kind of had that knowledge. So I shared it with friends, whatever I felt I received that someone gave me, and I wanted to pass it on to somebody else and make sure they had that power to you know, fix their own things. And so that's just a, a good, I think, cultural norm. A lot of good Cajun folk always just will say, it comes sit down, I'll teach you how to do that right. You're doing it wrong. I don't know what you read, but it was wrong. <laughs> and they just kind of make you sit there maybe on the porch with you and just kind of talk to you about whatever it may be. It could be lawnmower equipment. could be how to make a rule right. You don't know. You just, yeah. It's just a culture expectation that if a neighbor doesn't know something, you just try to share it with them and lend a hand. And uh, sometimes more than you, sh- you maybe talk more than you're supposed to, but you can't help it. Of course. I mean, that's just uh, that's just some good old Southern hospitality, you know. It's You, you want to give your knowledge to other people and help them and show them what you love so much, and then they hopefully receive it in the right way. Yeah, and just pass it on. Keep passing on that, that information, and we all benefit. So you kind of had the name brought to you by the community. That's right. I mean, at what point did you realize this is a thing that I'm doing? I'm not just helping people come in and pump their tires up. Well, uh, it probably realized we, we had a threshold where my landlord showed up and said, all right, you better get organized. I'm going to evict you. You guys can't be doing this. You know, Wait, that, so this, you're doing this in a rental? Oh, this is my yard rental. Yeah. Okay. And my landlord was like, what is happening? And I said, I'm not in control anymore. <laughs> I don't know. There's a bunch of kids and tools, the grass. You can't. It's too tall to find anything. It's just this is – and he's just like, well, you got to do something. So uh, we got a warehouse that was just down the street. And he told me you'd be in a month-to-month. Every month, I'll, if you pay, I'll, I'll consider letting you stay another month and just do that. And that was, that, you know, I was 23. I said, sure, you know, what what, okay. what what do we have to lose? We we had a yard that we didn't own and couldn't do anything with. Now we have a warehouse that we can use and doesn't have electricity and maybe running water, insulation. It's just, we can lock things up. It's better than outside. At least it's shaded, you know. Um, and being that naive, we thought this would just kind of appease the kids in our neighborhood and be a good outlet. Well, it kept growing. More people said, I got used bikes for you. More kids showed up and said, I want to learn how to do that. Until uh, we had Ed Keller with The Advocate said, I'm going to make a stop and I want to write a story about that. And um, the response afterwards was, uh-oh, this is, this is getting bigger than just right. the volunteerism and hanging out and keeping it simple. We, we got to get organized to the sake of uh, the interests of these young people. They want this to be more than... Maybe what we're ready for, so we got to get ahead of it and try to meet the demand that they're asking for. And that's been the, the goal ever since, is to get the kind of program and the kind of facility that matches our amazingly talented kids. And uh, we're still on that journey. So the warehouse was just basically four walls and a garage door of some sorts? Yep, that's it. Just a sliding door. And it still looks like that. We're hoping to spruce it up in the near future here because it, it's uh, the landlord eventually reached out to me he's retiring and he said hey how about you you take that over i'm gonna let you own it really and he got that into our hands and we were able to also utilize some resources to get this under ownership and it's just been amazing to kind of work towards an endeavor of a long term uh i tell a lot of people we have 30 years um, mostly because our, our banks believe we do. They got us in the mortgage for 30 years. So, so I'm believing, I'm believing we got to. The property's going to be here for 30 years at least. Regardless, <laughs> we, we better be around for, for 30 plus years to, to have really good operations and programs for kids. 
The CYA360 Business Leader Symposium returns to Baton Rouge in October. This all-day event focuses on the main threats to your business. Speakers will present on fiduciary duties, brand building, insurance strategies, cybersecurity, exit strategies, financial confidence, and executive wellness. Jay Johnson, coach of the National Champ LSU baseball team, will deliver the keynote address. Join us for the 2023 Business Leader Symposium, October 5th at the Renaissance. For tickets, go to CYA360.com. That's CYA360.com. So these, these programs for the kids and what y'all were doing in the, the warehouse, where, so where was that warehouse at, by the way? So it's at on Roosevelt Street, okay. right before the train tracks. Uh, it's still there as a storage spot. We then moved everything over to Terrace Street Park. That's where we currently operate every day with kids from six years old to 18. Uh, that's where we have our teaching kitchen and our, our big mechanic shop that we work out of and a beautiful garden, basketball court, all the fun things that kids can do after school right across from Carver Branch Library. It's a great little corner uh, for young people. And uh, we've had a lot of kids coming after school and throughout the summer. Um, we are just looking over all the sign-in logs from summer to try to see who came and went, how, how much time they spent with us. And it, it's just a joy to our heart to see who showed up and, and got the benefit of having that shop there. So in that shop is set up, or this whole organization, I mean, so that's three locations you've got or just the two? Yeah, we have, we have a total, <clears throat> excuse me, of four sites. Okay. Well, there's four sites we operate out of. Um, we have a mo- mobile uh, ship container. We work with Guard Deer Initiative at Hartley Bay Park. Okay. We have the Roosevelt Street facility, and then we have Terra Street Park that's operational every day, and then right here in Mid-City. Okay, so y'all are spread out all over Baton Rouge, man. Yeah, it's a, it's a well-kept secret that we're taking over the city with bikes. We're trying to <laughs> not. We don't want everyone to know about it yet, or else they'll see the empire growing and be like, whoa, we got to slow this thing down. Yeah, they're, they're, like no signs out front. You're like, no, 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 that's not a bike shop. And then like in the community on the Facebook and Reddit page, it's like, yeah, guys, we got a bike shop. All of a sudden, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of bike lanes. And like, how are these bike lanes being approved by the budget and being voted on? And I'm like, we've just been growing a voter base. It's going to be it's gonna be massive. It's like, man, oh, my goodness, all these kids can vote now? This is, this is wild. And I've been with you in the program. You're like, all right, there's one requirement. You just have to vote to make sure we have appropriate bike lanes. Don't you worry, guys. <laughs> we got the long game. That's Playing it. the long game. So you said you've got your, your banks on the hook for 30 years. They're saying you're going to survive. How do you monetize this? Yeah, so um, something that we realized at our Terrace Street Park is there were a lot of adults who wanted repairs, wanted services, wanted to get help with their bike being fixed. And there's a lot of wonderful folks who wanted to donate. And it said, you know, an easy way I can do that is asking you to fix my bike. And I can contribute that way. So that interest led us to look at some of our students who were older, who were looking for jobs, had the talent and skill set. And so we purchased Mid-City Bikes when they were selling it and were able to begin to operate a full-service retail shop. We knew we needed to grow that to a scale that could really accommodate a lot of young people. And we're proud to say here in this building, we're able to employ uh, 12 young people uh, all summer. And then we have our adults who are out of school youth who graduated high school. We had three guys. uh, So that made 15 plus our manager 16 were able to be employed and gain the real experience that's credentialed resume builder. So that when we get calls for, we get calls for folks who say, hey, I'm looking for someone to come work, maybe in my auto mechanic shop or in construction, Um, looking for drivers, looking for fabricators. We're, we got somebody who's been growing with us, and they're ready for that step. Um, so we get a lot of bikes donated here that folks say, I can't use it. And most of the kids' bikes, we try to make sure they go to our kids' shop for the earn-a-bike program. But the adult bikes, well, 
we start to repair them and can resell them. And that generates an opportunity to buy new product, new bikes, and is continuous being, being able to grow and develop until we can pretty much offer and do anything any shop can. Um, that's really special for a community bike shop. It's typically not a, a way to get to that scale. And usually you have to be in a fairly large city with a large demographic of riders for you to compete. For this to be in Baton Rouge is uh, astounding and very impressive. It's huge. Well, and the biking community has grown, especially in Mid-City. I live in this area and seeing a lot more bikers and people starting to get acclimated with people on the road that are not in an automobile. It's starting to be really interesting to see. It was a huge bump uh, three years ago when obviously, you know, we had COVID, we had a lot of stoppages, but people got outside. Oh, yeah. And it's one thing to go by a cyclist who you feel like maybe shouldn't be there and feel like, man, look at that guy in the way. It's different when it's your neighbor or when it's your friend or when it's a family of folks. All of a sudden, it starts to kind of change a little bit who's moving around town and how they're doing it. And it kind of stuck. It's kind of stuck and lasted for a lot of folks who are still riding and enjoying that ride, especially in Mid-City where, you know, there's so many things that are starting to be close together. You don't have to go too far before you get to the next restaurant, the next shop. Or, you know, the next great establishment you want to walk in and check out. And it's a big goal that this building we're in become the youth spot to stop at for kids after school each and every day. And uh, that's kind of evolved us from saying we can't just be fronting our bikes at Mid-City. We need to contribute or, or collaborate with other partners into what's going to be called the UC Lab. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're really excited about that future and all the partners are at the table for this. And so kind of segueing into U-City Lab, what is that in the works of? What's it going to become? I know we're in the building that is going to be housing that. What does that look like? What's the idea behind it? So the idea behind it is a lot of young people gain access to nonprofits, but there's a lot of barriers and challenges to that, such as uh, nonprofits don't always operate in the same space consistently. They're usually renting, borrowing, and using space. There's changes every single year where after school program may be, it could be provided at your school and then change. Um, there's also challenges in which you gotta travel all over town to maintain that access to a great program. So we wanted to make a facility in which we can pull in programs that do things very unique from us that we would wanna create in our program, but rather than try to you know reinvent the wheel, you know, we said, let's, let's pull those groups in and let's all share at the table and our kids will get the greater benefit. Let's stop competing maybe to pull kids in and let y'all share these amazing students and make sure they get the best from your program, the best from ours. Uh, so we collaborated first with the Big Buddy program who has been doing mentoring in Baton Rouge for 40 years and has a fantastic track record for it. Um, we partner with Line for Line, which is a literacy barbershop program where barbers give free haircuts to kids who read books and increase literacy. And I, I know if I had a barber read to me when I was you know, younger, I'd probably still cut my hair. You know, I probably <laughs> wouldn't have it as long as it is. Um, and then Humanities Amped, who studies the humanities. They're over at Terra High School, and they really go into action research. They're really into social justice and relationships and really community building with their young people. Well, each of these groups is doing something that's uniquely different from us. And if our kids gain that access, how much better off are they and how much more do they benefit? So we're trying to kind of put our foot forward and say, hey, let's the nonprofit sector work together, collaborate, and let the students win. Let the young people win out of it. And maybe this is a model that more of us do as, you know, more and more nonprofits kind of see the benefit of these collective impact model that they do it too. So we all had to 
vote on names and the name that kept resurfacing was the UCA Lab, a, a space that is for the youth, that is kind of a city of different nonprofits and agencies collaborating, but it's a laboratory for experimenting, for learning, not just trying to, you know, basically say this is a cap to the study of what we need to do with young people. It's evolving constantly. They are, technology is, right. and we have to go at the same pace. So we're going to have amazing barbershop in here. It's going to be 12 chairs that could actually certify kids. We're going to have a teaching kitchen upstairs that Big Buddy can do mentor training, get a safe serve training, and we're going to have a recording studio. So you guys will be back in the recording studio next time, not in the ground Absolutely. floor. Yeah, yeah. Really we'll, nice space. We'll check out the front yard or the, the Youth City studio. Absolutely. That's it. We'll have uh, a great computer lab. There'll be nice riser seats, a beautiful stage for presentations, music, arts, and performances. Um, just have a whole multimedia of relationship and, and kind of um, – engagement so that we can really pull in diversity of kids and their interest and when they get out of school at 2 30 3 30 they can immediately plug in and i mean that's something that we don't talk enough about in mid-city is how many schools are nearby and not just our public but our private and our charter schools we have baton rouge magnet high catholic st joe's key academy westdale middle bernard terrace elementary dufak elementary and i mean there's not too many schools too much further than here that could access it easily and when they get out at 2.30, 3.30, where do they go in Mid-City? Yeah. I mean, I can grab a rock and throw it at the window and find a bar. I could probably hit a few bars. I could find you a coffee shop, no problem. I can find a bunch of great restaurant eateries right down the street. But where would I say, hey, when you get out of school today from Baton Baton High, go to X for your study group. Go to this place to be in a safe environment, have some snacks, nutrition, Wi-Fi, hang out. We don't have it. And that's something that we're going to solve in this space. We, we got to have something. Otherwise, we're not plugging in enough kids and we're not really keeping them in safe environments to be taken care of. And uh, that's just really not good enough for our modern age. We can't just keep kids busy. We got to keep them involved in things that's going to promote their own productivity. Well, exactly. And it's not just putting them in a safe space or giving them a place to come and play and hang out. I mean, you have a bunch of local parks for all that, but it's further developing their non academic skills you know their real world technical skills that they can take i mean you said you had welding classes and barber shops and cooking classes i mean all of that is necessary regardless of what age you are it sounds like you're starting at age six and going on up that is really powerful and going to make a significant impact and it's like you have this opportunity and access to learn all this just the same as everybody else exactly and that this has got to be a reflection of how generations are going to do work in the future they won't pick one career and stay there 30 years yeah we're being unrealistic when we're like, oh, I'm going to put you in this and you're going to stay there forever. No one's doing that right now. They are going to try different things. So they got to have a diversity of experiences, you know, whether you call it in your toolbox, in your wallet, in your pocket, whatever you need to have those diversity of skills so that if an opportunity does arise, you can take advantage of it. You can be plugged into it. I will 100% say I love getting my college diploma. I got a bachelor's in history, master's in education. It turned out tinkering with bikes on the side is what became the career. <laughs> That wasn't by plan or design. Yeah. That wasn't because I knew that would happen. Um, but it turned out that was the opportunity that was available. And I'm so thankful for all those life lessons that were available to me to learn. Um, and so we're trying to do the same for young people and say, let's get all these skills. And you may do none of it, but you got it. Yeah. And if you need it, you can play that card and be ready to say, oh, I got all these experiences right here. Something we're struggling with in education sometimes is trying to make sure all the kids have a singular track to make sure they get to higher education and then we have more barriers to get to higher education but you may need to have some employment opportunities along the way or may have to have uh, a multi 
process of I'm doing a little bit of school here, I'm doing a little bit of work here, and have some sustainability in the meantime. Um, and so we, we got to be creative with this. We can't just be singular. Well, and even during the meantime, you also have to have an alternative, right? Yeah. You don't necessarily show success by getting that higher education degree. I mean, look, you and I here are both college edu- educated people. I've got two degrees. You've got your, your advanced degrees as well. We're not saying that you don't need that, but there's other people that may not be the route for them to go. And having those technical skills that you can build and develop mm-hmm. and then be able to show on your resume, I'm a certified barber, I'm a certified welder, I'm a certified XYZ, it's a lot more weight because those jobs are always there. Mm-hmm. And especially now more than ever, there's mm-hmm. so many technical trades jobs available that people just aren't either talking about or exploring because this focus on getting a degree, getting a diploma has always been that answer, that boot that you mm-hmm. got to put on to get to the next phase in life when there's opportunities elsewhere. There's right. other paths that people can go down. It's not just this singular path for people to take. And I think what y'all are doing here at the UCD Lab is going to be part of that breeding different thoughts and breeding different ways of outlook. You can come here and get technically trained in computer skills, whatever you're looking for there, and then maybe go get a degree. But if you have the technical skills, at the end of the day as an employer, your diploma is just a piece of paper. Hmm. If you go there and spend four, six, eight, twelve years just reading books and not getting real-world expertise, mm-hmm. your knowledge the first couple of years are going to be limited because you now have to learn everything that the real world operates in. Yeah. The real world's not a world of perfect. It's not a realm of exactness. It's a realm of we got to figure it out. Yeah, and I mean that's something that we love to keep in our moniker the laboratory experience of there's theory and there's practice. So it means we're going to try some things in theory, and then we're going to try to sum the practice and say, well, that didn't work. Let's, let's go back and, and be in this space of uh, not all the answers are quite there, and we still have to do some investigation um, for what the needs of our students are and really what the future holds for them. Yeah. I mean, in theory, theory and practice are the same, but in practice, they're not. Right. You know? This episode is proudly presented by Gage. Gage is a local company here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. For over 40 years, Gage has provided businesses with the very best telecommunications, IT, and standby power services available. Gage has a variety of services, including Gage Cloud Voice. It is the last phone system your business will ever need. You need to give your business the ability to be accessible anytime, anywhere, and with Gage's cloud-based phone system, you'll be able to accomplish just that. Not only do they have Gage Cloud Voice, they have fully managed IT services that are proactive network monitoring, 24 7 365 help desk business continuity they are there for you what you're also going to need is some cybersecurity. gauge is there to safeguard your business from potential cyber threats even when you aren't aware they exist gauge also is power and leaders and standby generators they are the number one cummins dealer on the gulf coast and provide generators to homes and businesses of any size so you can keep life going gauge Better Connected, a proud sponsor of the Patty G Show. So what else are y'all offering today? You said you've got some welding classes and cooking. How did, how did that get here? You're new bikes, man. Yeah, we were just on bikes, and it was easy. Uh, and then we kind of saw that we had uh, a, a smaller population of girls who were really coming consistently. So we were like, what would be interest to you? Um, our girls leaned in. It's like, yeah, we, we love what's going on with the garden because we had open spaces to grow food. 
Um, and they wanted to see that develop into cooking because that was something that was of interest. And obviously, in Baton Rouge, we have some areas that don't have grocery stores or easy food access. And we have put up community gardens in those areas, which is a, a fantastic idea. But how much of what's growing in the garden evolved into your daily diet? How much is going from that garden to the table in your household? And from our experience, it wasn't enough. It was some, but it really was still being viewed as a, a novelty to have a, a vegetable or something coming home or some herbs coming home that were fresh. So we said, well, we need to do something to make it seem easy and more consistent and fun. So we started doing cooking classes and uh, we just got some burners to go outside. We just set up some tables and uh, we got a few chefs. Uh, shout out to Chef Tracy, who's fantastic with American Heart Association. Chef Celeste has come to visit us. Um, and we had the Junior League bring some of their volunteers to just cook some recipes. And it started to really build this culture of, yeah, I want to take what's in that garden home and I want to eat it. And so that's what kind of got us in that culinary space. It wasn't as much about uh, the credentials that we're going to hopefully have here as much as it was. Let's make sure we get to our diet can be living healthy. Um, gardening was always with Southern agriculture. I have a good friend, Stephanie Elwood, who would refuse for me to have a green patch of grass without something growing in it. So she'd show up and just start making stuff in the soil. Kids enjoyed it. They loved planting their plants, seeing them grow, and that relationship to, you know, organically seeing something beautiful happen with their own hands. Um, welding came out of all the scrap metal. It just was, pound, it's just like, we got to be, what are we going to do with all the scrap metal and these mounds of it? Yeah. And uh, we were able to leverage a couple really cool projects. Uh, the Knock Knock Children's Museum has our large sculpture dome that's in their backyard that they contracted our students to build a number of years ago. Uh, the Family Youth Service Center has a sculpture they contracted us to build for them. Um, since then, we've become way more practical and not as much into arts as much as just building handrails, uh, making small repairs to lawnmowers or little things like that. Um, we do have a few art pieces. But most of what we wanted to do is not so much the end product as much the skills and training for our young people, really exposure. A lot of people have imaginations about how they could do welding. Everyone says, oh, go do welding. Get under a hood and try it. And get out in the sun and try it. And you're like, whoa, welding's hard. No, welding's no, extremely this, hard. This is a skill. This is a talent. It's difficult. But there's a high demand. And people can't find enough welders to go into institutions to do these jobs. But we have young people who are on the verge of dropping out who are mechanically inclined and very skilled. So we got to bridge this gap. How do we, you know, that's, that's kind of speaking back to some of our kids who, while they're very mechanically inclined, really interested in building, working, learning, struggle academically. Well, we got we to gotta somehow figure out how we close this in to where we don't lose you before you gain access to the things we need you most at. We need technicians in everything all the time frequently and we're always having hiring shortages but the young people who would fit into those voids well they're quitting school and going into other maybe fast food industries or other companies that maybe don't exactly have as much accessibility for the long term right and so trying to navigate that with young people so it's say this is your exposure to what welding is what cooking is what mechanics is what gardening and, and landscaping horticulture and hopefully finding that that passion that ignite that fire that catalyst that says man i have dreams to do this and if that happens it's beautiful and we get to we get to go along the ride for their success story and be like that's right you're doing it way to go we, we got to be a part of you know your journey as you've been wayfinding to find yourself and uh, i think that's the special part about what we do well and welding specifically is it's an art in and of itself outside of it being a trade i learned how to weld just by working on cars in high school and college and it's tough 
It is not easy to do. It's very challenging. There's mm -hmm. so many different types of welding that you can learn and the types of materials, the temperatures, everything. It's crazy how much goes into that. And the demand is always through the roof. If you mm -hmm. have a welding skill, you can get a job in less than a day. It's just that easy to get it if you have the skills because of the demand that's out there from the workforce. And it's a great career path to go because while they may not be in there for the long 20, 30 years, getting those skills is going to take you to places you never even imagined. What levels your opportunities for something else? You know, all those things give you just exposure. It, it increases your worldview of what's possible. And that's something that's really important for all young people to kind of have the, enough exposure to what's out there so then you can imagine, hey, I, I might fill into that space and love that. I'll, I think I'll pursue this. And the drive of young people to pursue something is just amazing. It's, it's, it's kind of that untangible like it factor that makes working with kids so special is the dreams and desires and, and that fire to just pursue an opportunity. And uh, it just makes you want to teach. It's the reason why you want to be connected. Because when you see that click, you're just like, man, I, I got to see something really amazing happen inside a young person's heart to just have this new passion. It's really beautiful. And you're seeing them also make a, a conscious choice to do something different. They're mm -hmm. saying, I want to go here to learn the skills, to be a part of that community, to be a part of the facility. And what they're teaching is be way beyond whatever imagined. You know, you're teaching them with gardening the art of patience yeah. and, and understanding you can't put, you know, a seed in the ground and expect vegetables tomorrow. So you're, you're touching on really the biggest heart of front yard bikes, which is our students begin to learn about who they are as a person through every one of these experiences because it's not so easy just to kind of go into the space, accomplish the task, and then we part ways. We would kind of miss all the really good things that are happening. When you see someone who builds on that patience, we can, we can then call that out and affirm it in them, man, you're patient. Man, that's amazing about you. That's really impressive. And then you can call out a kid who helps somebody else. I mean, you have a heart of compassion, man. You, you know what, that really says something about who you are as a person. Uh, students who show up and say, man, you're on time. You're somebody who shows up and is ready to, for action. Um, all the different variables that then we, the kids get to have the opportunity to express about themselves, we get to affirm it about who they are, and that then challenges the, the, the language and the suggestion of who our kids are as people. And that's the battleground that we always have to fight in that mental space of, am I worth these opportunities? Am I somebody who's really going to go somewhere someday? Am I somebody or am I just nobody? Am I just a problem? Um, that's something that faces everybody in a lot of different phases of their life, but especially uh, young people uh, born into really difficult environments, really different uh, spaces with low resources, maybe a very low income home with minimal things and kind of seeing the world and just kind of reflecting on, well, where do I matter in all of this? Well, when you show up, and you have something that was roadside garbage of a bike, and you made it actually work and operate, well, that's a testimony of, man, you made that better. That was your hands. That was your talent. That was your problem solving. That's all an affirmation of what you can bring to the table. Aren't you somebody special now? And if that's true for just something as simple as a bike, what else can't you do then? Well, we got to go explore that. Let's try everything. And learn about yourself to the point that you start to realize I'm somebody going somewhere and I have a bright future ahead of me and I can leverage the resources that are right next to me for what I want to do next. 
and it starts a disruption in their life in a positive way. That's right. Meaning they could be in a situation like you described where they're at their house and it's not a very positive environment. And they come here and they're like, oh my gosh, I am a valuable resource. I am an incredible human being. I have potential. I can unlock that and tap into that and really change the course of not only me, but maybe my siblings and my family as a whole. You know, I can actually become someone better and they know how to pull that out of me. That's right. Thank you so very much to Building 5 for becoming the latest sponsor of the Patty G Show. We are going to be filming once a month at Building 5. We're going to post about it on our social so you can come and visit with us. Building 5 is an excellent food establishment if you're into sharing boards and really getting a creative menu. Misty and Brumby have done an excellent job of creating an environment that's warm, welcoming, inviting for every single occasion. Go on over to Building 5 in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and tell them that the Patty G Show sent you. We have a major battle every day to get our kids into a space in which they can see themselves as the amazing, amazing, valuable asset that they are. And that focus isn't so much about what they can do, about where they are in their present. It's not so much about your, their environment making them. It's a vision in which we have to say to our students, you know, you're a worthwhile, amazing person from when you showed up. That's who you are. It's all right there. It's all sitting, you know, right here. And we're going to go through the steps of just learning about ourselves and you putting the foot forward to make these choices and decisions that really make a huge difference. Uh, analogy we use a lot sometimes is just saying, um, you know, we have an acorn in our hand and we could say it's just an acorn. As many of them, it's nothing. Or we could say, you know what, this is an oak tree. That's what this is. So I'm going to treat it like an oak tree. I'm going to tend to it that way. I'm going to make sure we're, we're going into spaces that, we're going to grow and, and be nourished and taken care of because that's what this is. That's what's on its path. That's what's on its track. So we have to tell our kids, hey, you're amazing. You're wonderful. You have so much goodness that's going to come. You know what? We're not going to let the narratives and the noise around us be the dictators. We're not going to let those things come, creep in, try to destroy us. God has a great plan for your life, and we're going to see it. We're going to march towards that. And uh, that's a lot of freedom for our kids. And in the end, the bikes and gardening, cooking, welding, all these different activities, they're just a distraction for us to have those relationships to then lean on and say, when you're having your worst day, but I know who I am. I, I know who I am. And you know what? All this mess and all this trouble, all these problems, these aren't going to define me. They're not going to control me, and I'm not going to spiral to a bad place because I have a community to lean on, and they know me, and they believe in me. And that's the things we have to cultivate more and more and more for young people to have that stability in future. Yeah, and by being integral in other parts of the community and not just having a central location, you know? Yes, the central location is gonna have a many, many different components to it, many nonprofits involved, but being able to say we can go to different parts of the, of the city mm-hmm. and still get that interaction, still get that through the bikes, you know? Still get this here, get that there, and then really in mid-city you've got everything. Well, what starts to permeate well outside our walls is the culture. It's the culture of caring for each other, it's the culture of knowing that your fellow man, your neighbor matters, and we got to love our neighbor, build a beloved neighborhood, and all these things actually, all these actions, all the things when you first show up is who am I, do I matter, and what's my purpose? Well, that's getting answered. You're amazing, you're worthwhile, and yeah, you have a great purpose for the future, and we need you actually. You're actually the one who's going to solve the problems. See all of them around us? You're part of that solution. We need you at the table. Will you take that step to, to be at the table? Will you show up? Because if you don't, we're not going to get there. And that's the significance of young people to be called into action 
and be like value to be there. Yeah. Because far too often we're looking at the kids like, well, there's another problem to solve. As long as we look at young people as the problem to be solved, they will remain a problem. They'll remain the problem because we've already put them in the disposition to be that. We have to change and say, you know what? You're the, you're the problem solver, not the problem. Work with us. And I promise you, young people will be joyous to be at that space and be like, wait, you're saying I could be at the table and actually contribute to making a difference? Yeah. And the culture of this kind of work with young people and expectations permeates. And I mean, as much as we've been thrilled to, to share our story, it's gone outside the city of Baton Rouge, outside of the state. And it's not being looked at just you know, because it's an anomaly. It's being looked at because there's something unique about how we help our neighbors in the South in a unique capacity and value each other that it is our culture. But we don't call it out because, you know, we just think, well, that's just what you're supposed to do. Yeah. That's just, that's just how it goes. It's like, no, no, we're missing each other in that way. We're missing the beautiful uniqueness of being connected. We're, we're missing that there's more things that connect us than divide us. And if we're just willing to give each other that, that credit to be connected in community and have relationships, it would, it would change so much about how we go about everyday life. And I think what, you're, what you said right there is you're not looking at problems and saying, let's put a Band-Aid on this and this is going to solve it. You're mm-hmm. saying, okay, what's causing people to be put in a situation where they take this action? Okay, mm-hmm. they don't have, there's nothing for them to do outside of school hours. There's nothing for them to do because mm-hmm. of where they live. Let's provide something for them to do that's wholesome positive and reinforcing of good behaviors from the get-go and then it just all will unfold over time of that positive reinforcement that positive encouragement where they're in school talking to some classmates saying oh my gosh i gotta go i gotta go to front yard bike after here i gotta go to youth coalition lab i've got to go to these places that i know are great resources outside of these walls of the school and more importantly way better than what i have to go home to later this evening or something no absolutely i mean you take a young person and you plant them in in a place and you put all the choices they could make in a possible day. Just wrap them around. And when you start to look at the possible choices that they're capable of making, and few are good, well, then what do you, what do you, what's, what's available? Except to choose maybe things that are chaotic and dangerous and unhealthy and all those other things, because that's just what's there. That's the only, I guess, you know, for us gamers, that's the only button you can press is the, you know, the, the one that's <laughs> fight and flight. Right. That's the only one's here for us. So what are we going to do? So it's up to us to create good choices, but still allow, allow the young person to make those choices. Yes. We can't all of a sudden say, this is the only choice and you're forced to make the choice because then you don't get to control the, the victory in making it and then having that be an affirmation of who you are. Say, I see you made a good choice. That's, that's amazing. I'm thankful for it. That's what we need. And so we have to surround our kids and our young people with great environments and things that they don't want to lose. And if we do that, well, they'll say, oh, I can't do that because I got something over here and I value this. Every last one of us who played any athletics, we wanted to get the GPA and wanted to stay right with coach. We wanted to play. And that may be the only thing that kept us, some of us going. That may have been the only thing keeping a lot of young people from a lot of dangerous spaces is that there's something that they were connected to that was the value. Could have been a parent, grandparent, could have been a friend. We have to tap into that beautiful energy and say, man, let's make so many good choices. There are no bad ones left. They're all right there. They're all the good choices right around somebody because there's so many great accessible points to make. You got to work hard to have a bad day. (laughs) You got to work hard to have trouble. 
that should be the goal for our society. Yeah. And, you know, we're just not quite there yet. So hopefully we keep building this as a culture, building this as a community, and let our young people be in a position of power as they're making decisions, or else they never get to be independent from everybody telling them what to do. And we find some, some of our even most affluent young people get into really bad spaces because they don't know who they are. They haven't found that they matter and they're valuable. They just like, well, I just did what everybody over told me to do. And as soon as I was out my own, I started to really not do okay. Well, we got to work to be in a place in which everybody can figure out the dynamics of thriving with their own decision-making. That means letting them make a choice we don't like. That means letting them have some consequences. And that means the real tough love of loving somebody through that and not just taking the short road of, well, you're a bad person, get out. Yeah. We, we can't quit like that because, you know, I, I say it all the time, man, I see someone in a bad place and I think a few different steps and there I am. That would be me. So before I start to get high and mighty and look at them and say, oh, you know, they, they just don't know what they're doing. I could say, man, that could have been me just as easily that person. So I, I think I better check in on them and maybe talk. Maybe there's another chance. Maybe there's an opportunity to take care of somebody. Well, and I like how you illustrated that circle of decisions, right? Mm -hmm. If they're only given a certain set, you know, it's a multiple choice. It's a multiple choice exam. You, you can't write, you know, E, something else. Yeah. You know, if, if they're only given four choices within a day, they're going to act in one of those four. And so by telling them there's other options out there, there's other resources available to you, but it is true, they do have to make that decision themselves. You can't drag them here kicking and screaming against their will because then they're going to be resentful for you. And that is a whole lot different of a barrier to break through to get them to realize this is really something special. But having their peers, having their colleagues, their other fellow classmates around them say, well, what do you, what'd you do yesterday afternoon? Oh, I, I kind of just went home and didn't really do anything, didn't do much. Parents weren't home, so I kind of just hung out and played and just did nothing. Whereas somebody else saying, okay, tomorrow you're coming with me to front yard bikes and we're yeah. going we're gonna to start doing stuff. We're going to start it. getting involved in this community. And that's really the reach that y'all have had. It just speaks volumes of the impact that it's making in the community. It's really, really powerful. Oh, absolutely. Patty G Show is proudly brought to you by Mimosa Handcrafted Jewelry. Mimosa Handcrafted Jewelry is a local business right here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. They create handcrafted jewelry for everyday use, that special occasion, whatever it may be. Gentlemen, they've got amazing jewelry both for male and female. Everyone is their audience. You know, after years of experimenting with everything from ceramic jewelry, glass beads, and enamel, they've settled in on the ancient art of lost wax casting is their main form of creating their work. They cast everything in bronze, sterling silver, and 14 karat gold. Every step of the way is done here right in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Proud, proud sponsors of the Patty G Show. Mimosa Handcrafted Jewelers. Get out there and tell them that Patty G sent you, and they're going to take great care of you on your next order. Everything in the shop, if you come, come through, see something painted, young people painted it. You see something built, <laughs> young people built it. You see something that was put together, Assembled every toolbox had to get assembled said all right guys. We're all gonna do it together There's ownership You own the program and operate the program that you benefit from and you're a major contributor to why it exists We've had tough days of the shop where we were like, I don't know always in opposition the kids or adults and kids are going back and forth and Say you know what guys? We can't run unless y'all want it to run Y'all gotta be here and make it run And all of a sudden it clicks they're like, oh, so none of this will happen unless we get involved That's right. And all of a sudden they're like, all right well, we'll go 
put all the inventory away. We'll go put this up. We'll make the garden happen. We'll make these things. And then it's like, thank you, because without you, it's not it's not happening. And that is a, a different ownership and leadership position for our young people to be in. And hopefully it continues to uh, cultivate that mentality of uh, there's things that just won't happen unless you're there. It's not like the and the current, I know we had a job market thought when I was younger of like, either you're going to do that job or someone else is going to do it. Well, where are we at now? We're like, there's no one here. <laughs> either you're going to do it or nobody's going to do it. We ran through all the people. <laughs> We're looking for them now. Let's say, hey, either you're going to do it or the work won't happen sometimes. Oh, 100%. And a lot of spaces in your own life, your own home and all these, other, hey, it won't get done. And now that's like, oh, well, I guess I matter. Yeah. I guess you matter a lot. Yeah. And, and you got to show up and get it done. Um, so it's, it's hopefully a, a culture of, of engagement and relationships that, um, you know, catches on and more and more people kind of envision, like, this is how we got to get kids involved. And I think it's a, it's a way that's succeeding because our kids choose to show up. They bring themselves. Uh, somebody really smart told me kids vote with their feet. They're going to be where they want to be in those spaces. And if they're showing up, it's because they, there's something special they want to be at. And uh, so we just keep on trying to make sure they show up. Well, and, and the skills that they're learning, I mean, you, you take it down to a rudimentary level of keeping a clean workspace. Oh, yeah. Where if you leave for the day and you had a terrible day, just clean your space. So when you come back tomorrow, you've got a clear area to get to work. You know, and that can be translated from what y'all are doing here to parents in the house. Have the kids help you clean up those toys. Yep. You know, it's cleanup time. If you don't do it, it's still going to be there, and it's either going to be a mess, and it's going to be miserable, and it's not going to be a positive experience. But something as simple as leaving a clean workspace mm-hmm. and returning to it the next day gives you that breath of fresh air, and you're like, ah, okay, I can really, I can do this thing. Oh, yeah, and I mean, we, we take it a step further almost and tell our kids, hey, you're a cleaner. You're not someone <laughs> who makes messes. You're someone who cleans. Right. That's who you are. I've seen you do it. Remember the time we had this, all this problem and you got it taken care of? I knew that's who you are. So why aren't we clean today? Well, I'm tired. I'm like, all right, well, let's let's do let's stretch, let's shake it off, and let's work together as a team. Yeah, let's do it anyway. Because because that's who you are. And these things, we, we really hold our kids to it. It's like you know they come in and mad and upset. I'm like, what's going on? Because I know you care for other people. So what's going on that you're mad today and you're furious and you want to hate the world today? Because that's not who you are. I've seen you ten out of ten out of you know ten days out of the week or whatever seven days out of the week. I've seen you like that. So today is an anomaly. It won't be the day that defines you. Same with messes, same with problems, same with struggles. And so our kids can continually say, oh, I see. I'm in the position where I, you know, I can deal with this. I can process this. It's not bigger. It's not harder than something I can handle. And we as parents, as mentors, as friends, don't begin to let one bad situation be the biggest definer of the young person. And we do that real simple. We say, oh, this is my problem, child. Shoes aren't tied. Stain on their shirt. Always late. Cutting up in class. They're so bad. But I love them. You know, that sounds, you know, that sounds like we care. Right, right. But in reality, we're kind of already starting to define things about them. And they, they listen. And they're like, oh, I'm the problem child. That's who I am. It's funny. Everybody knows me by it. And... I may never grow out of that. I may just stay in that problem state forever <laughs> and cause real problems. Because that's how I navigate with my group of friends, family, whoever. That's who I am. We got to do something about that. 
and we can't even we can't lean into oh they're always late they're always they're always tardy they never show up oh they're always slacking they're always being lazy and you know it, it's you know it's these little terms that we even say that doesn't we're trying trying to be a detriment it's just kind of something that we let characterize we never begin to say oh that's the person who was on time once and we think they're on time all the time but we let one time they're off and that's what we define them as forever oh yeah and we don't let them out of it and that becomes really hard to where you don't get to be anybody else. So when you come to our shop, it's like, oh, no, no, no. You get to be whoever we know you are, but it's good. Whatever you're going to bring to us, it's good. Someone came to me and said, what do you do all the bad kids? I said, never had a bad kid. Let me know when you find one. I love to meet them. If I know they're the best and brightest, most beautiful kids ever in my life. They didn't know it. <laughs> they had no clue they were, they, yeah. were, they were great. They had no clue they were good. They never heard it before. It was, it was a strange concept, you know? There's always the good kid in the family, and there's the bad one. And that was their dynamic. Always to be an antagonist. Well, if that's the script you got, you play the part. At least you got a part to play. Right. You're on stage. It's much better than being totally forgotten like a middle child. Oh, God. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. But it's so true that we let some of our young people fall into a negative, even as adults, fall into a negative definition. And then because that's how you interact with people, you kind of just live it up. And I think we need to let people out of it. Yeah. Let them out of all that, all that stuff so they can just kind of, I don't know, maybe be a hero. Maybe the actual protagonist be the one who's winning at the end of the story and not this person that has to be circumvented and the villain. Uh, I know that goes well with our narratives. I know that goes well with a lot of different systems that we have good and bad folks. But it, it hasn't played out great for a lot of families who just wish, you know, somebody was okay. They don't they don't wish anybody in their family was the villain or the problem or the issue. They wouldn't be taken care of. And that's the battle we gotta do with young people. Yeah. It's just say, oh no no, you got purpose, you're positive, you're wonderful, and it's gonna be good. If you can first receive that in your head and in your heart, then we can we can navigate the rest. We can do it. But you gotta believe it first. You know? And a lot of kids need an adult to believe it for them first. A lot of parents, I know I was terrible as a kid. I thought I was awful. My mom was the only one left. She just said, oh, no, oh, no, you have a great purpose for your life, and I can't wait to see it unfold. Uh, there's a lot of people who, you know, they do that for you. And when you need it most, it comes back into your memory, and you're like, I can handle it. I can handle what's next. Yeah, and it's that positive re reaffirmation, even from one person. Yeah. And, and you don't have to need this whole community bring you into a room and say, Dustin, you're a really great guy, man. You're doing <laughs> incredible things. You just got to have, like you said, that one person, whether it's your mom or somebody special, or even just a random person, say, oh, you helped that, you know, the typical story, you helped that lady cross the street, you're an amazing human being. You know, mm -hmm. where, do we, where do we get away from finding the positives in people and really pushing that? Instead of saying, yeah, he's always late. You know, yeah, he's going to show up. He's going to be looking a mess. He's going to be mm -hmm. terrible. But you just, you do, you love him through it. Yeah. As opposed to saying what he brings to the table, what that person brings to the table is really valuable. And whenever they get here, just you wait and see what they have to offer. Yeah. And finding that positive side to spin it and really push. Because it is. You can build up this wall. You can build up this really, really great perception, this persona of what people see you as and how you can be this person in the room but one wrong thing, mm -hmm. and it all just comes crawling down. And it's just a matter of that memory being stuck in people's head forever because for whatever reason, we're thought or wired or trained to think of that one negative thing 
and hold on to it forever. Mm. It's like we just got to let that go and really bring back the positive side of things. That's right. Thank you so very much to Currency Bank, a proud sponsor of the Patty G Show. If you are looking for a business bank that fosters on three core values, relationships, service, and technology, Currency Bank is the place for you. They pride themselves on convenient, accessible, and secure online banking resources where you can manage your account balances, initiate transfers, enroll with e-statements, and more via their online portal. Between the relationships, the service, and the technology, they are going to be that partner with your business every step of the way, regardless of what you need. Currency Bank is the bank for business owners. When you get affirmation about who you are to your core, that's it. So it's not like someone else can come and change that about you or trying to, it's, it's not about them being able to dictate who you are and who you aren't. You own that. And when you own that, you then say, all right, I, I know myself. I know who I am, and on my worst day, I know like what I'm coming for. And that has that freedom and strength of character for yourself that can navigate the really worst parts of, you know, sometimes life here on earth, the most greatest challenges. Like, man, I know who God made me, and I'm here for it. I'm here to, I'm here to do the good work, even when I don't see the benefit. I can promise you uh, we didn't feel like we were going to get here when we were in a yard. We yeah. didn't feel like we were going to get here when we were in a warehouse with no lights, and we didn't feel like it when, no, you know, we, we were being evicted from all these places and struggling. Um, but we were thankful that we were right where we were at that time. Uh, and at the same end, we've had some wonderful publicity. We've had some great folks come down to film our story, talk to us, pull us to go travel and talk about our story. But they didn't make us who we are. They're just recognizing what's good about us. Same as anybody. We can recognize what's good about you, but we don't determine it. Right. It's there because you brought it to light. No different than I can say, I recognize that's a, you know, a tomato plant. It's beautiful. But I have no dictation of it bearing fruit and what it does. I just can recognize it's what it is. But it's already in its own organic space, already identified as its character and who it is. It can't start making me cucumbers. <laughs> it ain't going to do that. Just because I say, no, you're not tomato plant. You're a cucumber plant. You are what you've been made to be. And what we need to realize is people who are made to be on this earth are good. They are good. And if we can get behind that first... Realizing everybody's good and they're struggling in some format, some way with identity complex of trying to be like, man, I'm, you know, just acting out. They feel like they're chaos. They feel like they have nothing to lose and nothing to gain. If we can just try to tap into them a little bit in their hearts and spend time in relationships, swell a little bit, get our hands dirty a little bit, uh, maybe break some bread, maybe, maybe make something together. Well, all of a sudden, we're ready to receive the goodness that is about us and affirm and be positive in our community. Yeah, and it's one day at a time, you know, and not letting those single bad days really define you and take control of you over the long run and saying, nope, that was just a bad day. Let's, if today's totally checked out, let's start over tomorrow <laughs> and let's get a new day. Oh, it's oh, it's so true. I've, I've had students who have, you know, I don't know, cursed me out, told me I hate you and, you know, you curse my grave, all that stuff, you know. Years later, come back and say, hey, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> and uh, I'm like you know what I said some things too I was, I'm sorry too man and uh, it's it's hard when you're in the moment of, of struggle sometimes to see you know the uh, what, what do they say the, the, the silver lining of it yeah or, or, or the trees in the forest you know you just can't see it back there it's just you can't see that that really coming together that benefit um but knowing it's true, you know, is, is the bigger part of, of what's important. And um, 
the long the long term relationships. I think that's the greatest benefit about us that some of the kids who are on the front yard of our house are still working with us 13 years later. They're still here and they've grown up through it. They've been the reason we've had to add new additions and grow because we want to keep accommodating their next needs. Um, it's a major uh, identifier that Front Air Bikes isn't so much a program as much as a people that have been growing this concept together for a long time and uh, just amazed that we've gotten to the places that we're at and thankful because yeah. there was many times we thought it was, well, this is the last uh, few months we're open and uh, let's let's just keep doing it. You know, no no fear. Just keep moving uh, into the right steps and then we get more time, more support, more connectivity of the community investing in us, supporting us, and we get to keep going. Yeah, I love it. You know, making sure the lights come on the next day is all part of it. So what are some of the community programs and outreach programs that you'll have? I know you said something about build a bike, get a bike. What is what is all that about? Yeah, so we do the earn a bike program where kids come um, 6 to 18. They pick a bike that they would like to earn. Uh, anything that's in our aisle area over at our Terrace Street Park in, in Gardier. And they get a bike for $5 an hour credit, which means the bike could be $15, $40, depending on if it really works or if it doesn't work at all. It's just basically parts. And so anywhere from three to eight hours, a kid can put in after school until it's their bike. The first thing they got to do is obviously mechanics. got to make sure it passes safety check, um, that it works and that functions, does everything it needs to do. And then afterwards, well, we got to inventory. We got to uh, work in the garden. We got to uh, get a lot of other things accomplished in our facility for it to run and, and work. We had some signs fall down today and a kid had to get the stapler gun back up and say, we got to staple all these signs back up. Just, you know. It's like, yep, that's what we need your help with today. And so he got to collect his hours on his project. And once your hours are finished, you register your bike, it's yours. Um, get to utilize it, take it home. Uh, kids bring it back to do a trade-in so they want to, they grow. Surprisingly, I don't know if you know this about kids. For those of you who don't know, they, they get bigger. Yeah. They have more needs. And so we say, all right, let's trade it in. Now, let's do an evaluation. How, where'd your bike go? And if there's no wheels and it's all apart, well, we're just going to give you a line of credit. Your bike is totaled. You know, you're, you're in trouble. We can't get a trade in bike. But if you kept it and it's beautiful, oh, man, you're, you've been a great steward. Man, you, you got a $40, $50 valuation on your value. Uh, what do you want? You get any bike you want in the building. You could shop with that value and trade in for a new project. Uh, and so our, our kids can do that. They earn then points on their prize wall for lights and locks and helmets and water bottles, jackets, all the things they need to keep their bike looking cool, but also to be safe um, and to kind of have ownership of those things that they earn that um, to keep that for themselves. And then we kind of have other uh, rides that we go on for safety just so all the kids know how to be go from A to B safely. If you're in Mid City, you can go a lot of great places. The university, downtown, uh, LSU is not too far, Mid City, uh, BRCC's campus is not too far. Um, there's a lot of great things coming up, and you can get there via bike. And most of our young people who really want a car, well, their first job, they might be riding a bike or getting dropped off. Right. Uh, so a lot of our young people say, I need my bike so I can get to my job. And uh, we make sure they get that and keep that going free of charge so that, that car note seems more and more likely, more and more plausible. <laughs> and uh, we've had a lot of young people get vehicles. And one day they come back, they say, I'm here to donate my bike. I got some wheels. I say, you might want to keep that bike. But yeah, we see you got a car. Come come show up. Look, we're going to just park your bike in the back yeah. and just kind of hold it here for a little bit. And we'll yeah. see you make sure that bike maintains itself. Exactly. And aside from that, we're, we're gardening uh, once a week. And uh, we're doing tutoring once a week. And 
We have uh, recreation, just games and play once a week, just for our kids to get outside and just healthy living, trying to really encourage that and really encompass some uh, teamwork and, you know, in different ways. And uh, we, we love everything we get to do um, with the young people and all our programs. Thank you to Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge for making this show possible. Nick Pentis is a past guest. We love having him on. Listening to him talk about the culture they have over at Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge is really an incredible thing to hear. How they treat not only their employees, but every customer that walks through the door. You are more than just a number to them. They're going to give you that white glove, concierge service every step of the way. They're going to make you feel like family and take what can be a stressful time in people's life. Shopping for a car, they're going to make it so enjoyable and so pleasurable. You're going to want to go back there time and time again for every new vehicle. Thank you so very much for Mercedes-Benz of making this show possible. So how can people in the community get involved, whether they're a kid or maybe they're over that 18 years of age? What's the level of involvement they can come to with what you're offering? Well, yeah, we always love having volunteers lend a hand, chip in, uh, make a difference. We've had a number of groups come through and help us out to keep our shop running and operational and help us get reorganized and uh, or add new parts to our garden and different needs we have. Um, so we love volunteers. We love people who say they want to donate bikes. They have old bikes, old things, uh, things that maybe go for kids. They can donate. We can recycle them, um, process them. Um, and then... Uh, we have folks who uh, come and contribute, um, sometimes make donations to us. We have a fantastic bike ride. If, I haven't, if you haven't heard about it, the Front Yard Bikes Bash is going to be September 17th. It's going to be a bike ride right here in Mid-City from the Botanical Gardens to our Mid-City shop. And we're selling tickets for people to come and ride along with us. Um, but more importantly, stop in one of our shops and just make a connection. Um, having hubs for community to cross paths and see each other is so important. And that's what being a community bike shop is supposed to be. It's not a place you just do a transaction. It's a place that you have a relationship um, and see an investment that goes well beyond a bike getting repaired or being able to donate at a drop-off site. It actually has a, a, a evolution of how it pays it forward and a, and a ripple effect that goes well beyond um, just our walls. Um, so all those things really are great for folks to connect with us on and, and uh, be involved with us. So what about businesses? Is there an opportunity for businesses and the community to get involved with you as well? Oh, absolutely. We love uh, sponsorships. We love uh, doing volunteer days with the whole team. Um, we're also excited if businesses are looking for applicants and want to talk to uh, some of the 25 interns we, we hire every year who are looking to go to something different. We're training everybody to move out of here. That's our goal. I love that. We want everyone to be growing. We know uh, we love this bike shop life. It does not make a, a living that will pay everybody to get homes and well-beings, but it will give you the skills to be ready for the next chance, next opportunity. So we're all about businesses coming, checking in, and desiring a young person who has that motivation, that aptitude, and that, uh, that drive to come say, I want to recruit that young kid to come work for us. Say, yes, we love them. Come join you. Um, and aside from that, there's so many small business possibilities in, in mid-city of collaboration that we love to do. And uh, we're always thankful for the sponsors and supporters who connect with us. I love that, man. So as we begin to wind down the show, we do have a set list of questions we like to conclude with every guest. Let's do it. So the first one, what is something you did as a kid you wish you could still do today? Oh, man. When I was 15, I got to dunk a basketball for the first time on a 10-foot goal. I just, like, worked so hard for it. 
and from like that age to like all the way up to like early 20s i could do it now i don't think i can get beyond like nine <laughs> feet i can't do it but at one special era i could i could fly the, just for a little the, bit the spring in the step is kind of gone the knees buckle a little bit I, more i want it to be like mike and for a little bit i i could feel it i love that i could feel it so you've done so much in the community you've done so much with the organization you've worked with so many kids what are three lessons you have learned along the way? Um, kids are reading you all the time to discover who you think they are about them. They're looking in your eyes all the time. That's one big lesson. Uh, people say, kids don't listen to me. It doesn't matter. I keep saying it. Never stop. Never stop. It seems like it doesn't matter. It seems like it's not paying off or going anywhere. I promise you, kids are always paying attention and waiting to see what you're going to say about the next thing they bring up because they're looking for you to help them figure it out. That's one. Um, two, a uh, lesson I've learned is uh, there's not always accidents that are a bad thing. Sometimes you're just discovering something beautiful. Uh, sometimes lean in a little bit, uh, going a different direction, maybe what you intended or planned. Um, that happens all the time. We're doing a project and all of a sudden it's like, well, look what happened here. This is not exactly how we're trying to get this to go, but it may be something better, maybe something different. Maybe we learned a lot from it. And I think our discovery on just being a yard kind of has that uh, creative discovery of this evolving learning project that just hasn't ended yet. And we don't necessarily know, uh, you know, what the, what the final destination is as much as we're just enjoying the journey <laughs> more than the destination of what we're becoming. I think three, a really good lesson is uh, just listen. Us adults can listen too. We can listen and really hear something coming. Our kids are trying to tell us things in very subtle ways, and we get too busy and gloss over it a little bit. Take time to listen and study what's going on, and you'll find they'll tell you everything you, you're, you're wondering about. They really will. Just be an active listener. Uh, it makes such a difference. Absolutely. I love all three of those. <laughs> so what is something you love about Baton Rouge? Oh, man. What, what I love about Baton Rouge... There's a lot of things that I could probably lean into. Um, but I think I would say I love when people have a willingness to come together and celebrate uh, and be connected. You know, this is a very uh, busy city and there's a lot happening. A lot of people are in their own world. But we, will like, we like to stop and shut everything down to be in each other's life, to really slow down and be personable. And I think that's the beautiful thing of when I get to take a break on a Saturday and it may be sometimes a sports event or maybe sometime anything and just slow down. And all of a sudden we can really be in each other's lives. We, we try not to move so fast that we forget each other. I think that's what I love about Baton Rouge is everyone's willing to take that time to just say, hold up, how you doing? No, really, no, really. How you really doing? Yeah. And that's, uh, that's, that's better than any, anything you can get anywhere else. Absolutely. There's that sense of community, that sense of we hear you, we feel you, and we're going to be next to you for whatever you need us for. That's it, man. And I, I think even in our worst days, we show up for each other. In our best days, we celebrate together. And uh, we throw out all of our uh, badges of politics, and all of our leanings, all of our feelings. We say, hey, let's throw all that out. Let's just, let's just have a good time and be together for a little bit. Absolutely. All those battles, all those things, they'll be there. Today, let's... Let's just be about each other. And, you know, I think that's what's special about us. So for the final question, man, what can I do to help you? 
Toof. Uh, man. That's, I feel like you've helped so much by, man, just elevating the story of who our kids are and, and who we are and who we hope to be. And um, it's hard for me to ask, you know, someone to help. But uh, you know what? I know one thing. You got to come hop on a bike with us. Okay. You think you can do that? Yeah. You got to come cruise with at least one time. Absolutely. Yeah. That's that's look. He it's recorded. You guys can't edit this out. <laughs> it can't go anywhere. Oh, I think we're just out of There's tape. There's witnesses. I think we're just out of tape. You got to no, come. No, absolutely. You, you got to come cruise with us. I don't know if it could be September 17th, but eventually we got to hop on a bike and pedal. Absolutely. Let's look. Let's look at some dates and lock it down. Patty G rides again. That's it. Well. We'll, we'll make it happen. That's it. Well, I appreciate your time, Dustin. Thank you so much for welcoming us into your home. And I'm I'm around the corner from here, so I'm very eager to see what you build this place into. Right on, man. So thank you, everybody else, for listening or watching. Whatever form you're consuming the show in each and every week, I really appreciate it. I know the guests do as well. Look, if you're interested in the bike rides or getting involved in Front Yard Bike or really following along with everything Dustin has going on under these roofs, reach out to them. We're going to link all their socials, all of their websites and everything in the show notes on our website and social media. So make sure to give them a follow and let them know that you heard about them here and just get out there, y'all. Let's be a part of the solution each and every day. Let's bring positive reinforcement to everybody we come across. And thank you all so very much. And thank you for the folks that bring you this show each and every week. We've got a little bit more about all them right now. Thank you to our wonderful sponsor, Lake Men's Health Center with our Lady of the Lake Physicians Group. Guys, I know it's tough to get out and go to the doctor. I know it's challenging to find time in our busy days, but I promise you signing up to be a part of this group with Dr. Curtis Chastain and Dr. Tyler Boudreaux, you won't regret it for several reasons, but most of those being the fact of the time it saves, where you're able to get in on the same day, get that appointment done, and spend that time you need to talk with them about what your health goals and concerns are, as well as ensuring that the financial investments you have, you will be able to live out and see those come to fruition. So if you're an investing guy, you know all about and planning for the future and investing in the future. There's no other more important thing to invest in than your health. Make sure you go check them out. Our Lady of the Lake Physicians Group Men's Health Center and tell them Patty G sent you. McClavey's Limited, a proud sponsor of the Patty G Show, has been serving the Baton Rouge area proudly for 40 plus years. Gentlemen and ladies, if you're shopping for your man, there is no other place in the Baton Rouge area to get your clothing, whether it's game day needs, everyday needs, business attire, formal attire, whatever you want, go over there, see Frank and Ashley. It's a father-daughter duo. They do incredible things in their store. They will outfit you from as simply a shirt that you need for one evening or all the way to a full wardrobe overhaul. They're going to take care of you every step of the way and be sure and let them know that Patty G Show sent you. Welcome to the brand new Falaya mobile app. We took all the same tech that's helped hundreds of people sell their homes themselves and packed it into an easy to use app for your phone. When you download the Falaya mobile app on either the Apple or Android app store, you'll immediately be able to see the power of this game-changing tool. From the seller's dashboard, you can navigate to all the information that you need. We intentionally separated everything into key groups, such as tasks to be completed, buyer leads for your listing, and contact information for everyone involved through closing. When you get an offer on your property, you can simply review and respond all within the app. No matter where you are in the world, you'll be able to monitor everything that's going on with your property from listed to sold. It's truly the power of Falaya in the palm of your hand. Download the app and see for yourself. Falaya, it's real estate 
reimagined.